Welcome to the DPCNP. I'm your host, Amanda Price, family nurse practitioner with two decades of experience, including 16 years as a business owner. We are going to talk about our story today. And with me on our first podcast is my husband, Mark. Mark, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. So Mark and I opened up Faith Family Medical in 2007, in January of 2007. And I was the medical side of things and he was the business side of things. The funny stuff. Yes. And so... It was me in a solo family practice, seeing patients from birth to death. And I did that for a year and a half with one nurse and one secretary. And we were rocking and rolling. In a shoebox. Yeah, it was about 700 square feet. It was, yes. Yes. And so that was, that made for interesting times, but it worked out really well in the beginning because some days we had no patients come in and some days we had maybe two, but that very quickly escalated to a full schedule by a year and a half. And then we moved to a 2,400 square foot spot, which we are to this day, but I'll go into details about that a little bit later. But in that year and a half, when we moved over to the bigger space, we hired a physician assistant that was working full time. Both my schedule and her schedule were completely full every day. And at that time we had some late hours, but I quickly learned I did not like working past five. So we quit doing that within a few months. After both of our schedules were filled up pretty consistently, we decided to take the leap and hire a third provider, which was a nurse practitioner that worked two to three days a week. And that worked out well also for patients that wanted to walk in or patients that were waiting for an appointment for several days and couldn't get in. And so that's how the clinic was operating all these years. When would you say that we started noticing that there just wasn't a huge revenue coming in, despite the fact that we had completely filled up schedules every day? I don't know. Was that... Pre-COVID or post-COVID? I think pre-COVID, we were having... 2019? We were having issues already. I mean, because I can remember every single August and September stressing out about the money. So that was never a huge positive gain out of seeing patients and getting insurance reimbursement. And the whole reason that you, the whole reason for the shortage of revenue in those August and September was because you went through the summer months when things were slow, people were on vacation. You weren't seeing as many patients. And then along comes August and September, school starts again. And then you realize the, the bank account doesn't have the money in it that you were accustomed to in the, in the spring and winter of all months. Yes. But even through all of those years, and this clinic has been going for almost, like I said, 17 years. And I was never able to give myself a raise. I was always stressed about the money because my payroll expenses were so high. Other administrative expenses were high. I had a billing agency that took a percentage. I had all this staff for every single provider. We had to have a nurse and then we had to have a secretary for every single nurse, really. And then I had my office manager. I mean, how many how many employees did you get up to? How many employees did you have at one time? What was the I most? think I think we had 13 was the most employees that we had. 
Yeah, it was a lot. And we were just breaking even. And what I discovered right before we switched over to DPC, what I discovered was that insurance reimbursements, my contract had not changed with any of them in all these years that the clinic has been operating. What was agreed upon in 2007 was still what they were paying me in 2023. Everybody knows inflation has gone up. Everybody's salary has gone up or their hourly wage has gone up. And so you can't survive on reimbursements that you were getting from back in 2007. So we were at a crossroads, weren't we? We were. Yes. We were contemplating bankruptcy. Well, I was. I don't know if Mark was, but no. <laughs> I felt like it was I felt like that was going to be my easy out. I had accumulated all this debt. None of the employees were happy. We were all stressed out because there were so many patients trying to get in and patients were getting upset that they were having to wait for days, if not a week to get in to be seen. And then all of the prior authorizations that have to be done for drugs that insurance companies didn't want to pay and all of the referrals and all of the uh, radiology exams that had to be ordered for all these people. And at the end of the day, I'm seeing between, I'd say 18 and 23 patients on average every day day. And when you see that many patients in a day, you don't have time to chart on any of them. So then I was going home every day, you know, having dinner with my family and maybe engaging with the kids for an hour or two. But then I am on my computer all the way until 11 o'clock at night, every single night charting just so I can keep my head above water so that we can send these claims to insurance. And then all they were reimbursing on average was $38, I think it was. And $38 per patient does not pay the bills in 2023. And at that time, the only way that I could actually pay my employees a their raises that they deserve was to chip away at what I was making. So we got to a point where we were barely able to pay our own bills. So that's when we knew we needed to make a change or else we were going to lose this clinic. The model was not working. Right. And I think, you know, this may be a little later in um, the town where your where your clinic is located was a population of around 14,000 and you were the only medical clinic in that town for most of those 17 years it wasn't till about 2017 or 18 that there was a clinic startup inside of grocery store and you know much later there was another clinic that opened up but for the for many of those years you were the only clinic in town yes so talk to everyone about how we found out about the idea of direct primary care do you remember no i thought you came home and mentioned it i think how i found it was, ironically, it was oh, on no, social media. I think I found it on Facebook. It was okay. showing up as ads, Okay, you know, um, join a DPC clinic or start a direct primary care clinic. It was something like that. And I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw a different ad like two times. And I just scrolled right past it because I was just looking to see other things other than advertisement. But then by the third time that I saw this start a DPC clinic, I thought, I wonder what that is. So that's when I clicked on it. I discovered that, hey, this this might actually work. So then I took my I took the information over to you. You were in your home office. And I said, look at this. And 
So what were your thoughts when I showed that to you, if you recall? Well, I knew, you know, we'd already talked about, we'd already talked for the past several years, how the, the current model with insurance billing wasn't really, wasn't working at all. And it was long hours, very little pay. Your pay, your pay was restricted because of the number of people that you could see. So I think we're at a, at a crossroads, as you said, where we needed, we wanted to try something new. This DPC model sounded attractive because you had such great relations with your patients. Many of the patients that you had were patients that you had seen for the whole time that you had to practice for 16, 17 years. So you really had a great relationship with them. It wasn't just, um, you've got great bedside manners. So patients love you and talk to you something. Yeah. <laughs> so we were, yeah, we were at a, at a point where we let, let's try something. Um, you know, we even talked about closing it up, but that really wasn't, that wasn't an option. We talked about selling it. We looked at selling it mm -hmm. and I, I reached out to several medical business brokers around the country learned that we could probably get around 300 to 350,000 for the clinic. And we really didn't feel like that was the direction we wanted to go. When we saw this DPC option and looked, you know, started digging into doing some research on it, we thought, wow, this is a really good model. This might be, this would be a really good fit for what you're doing. We didn't, you know, the one big question at that time was your other medical provider on staff. We didn't know what that would look like for her. So that was, you know, it was going to be trial and, and a learning curve naturally, but um, we were willing to give it a go. So, so we decided to take off on DPC in January of this year. So we're coming up on a year now of the whole idea of DPC. So in February, you sent out emails to all of our patients. And at that time, we had 5,700 active patients that you sent emails to letting them know that we are transitioning the fee-for-service clinic over to a DPC model. And we gave everybody all of the lowdown on what direct primary care was and how it was going to be beneficial for everybody and why you should buy into it. And then we changed our website to reflect that the clinic was going to become a direct primary care clinic. And during that time, I also got certified in functional medicine. So we were able to incorporate functional medicine into our website as well. So that was another incentive that we gave to patients for joining DPC was that not only do I know traditional Western medicine, but now I also know how to treat you from a functional medicine perspective. So you sent that email out. And then a few days later, we also mailed out through snail mail a letter Better just in case people did not get the email. We got quite a response from that that was positive and negative. You remember that, Mark? I do remember that. Um, and because it, it was new, it was a new concept. So even with the two, the page and one and a half page letter that we sent out and the, the email really outlining the benefits of how this would work and longer visit time, 24 hour access to your medical provider, everything we spelled out, I thought we did a really great job. And but it still raised a lot of questions. I think you you having those town hall meetings at the clinic at night where patients could come in and ask questions and, and hear more in-depth details about how it was going to work, I think was very helpful. Mm. Um, 
So, so we did that. We did that about three times, right? Yes. Three or four times. I can't remember. And one of those times I did a Facebook live so that right. if people couldn't make it to the actual Q&A, they could watch it on Facebook live. So I had a lot of people respond and say that was very helpful. I remember in the early stage when we were looking at this DPC, there's a map that you can pull up, a DPC map. It's called the DPC Mapper. Yes. And we found this map through a Google search showing all the DPC clinics around the country. And when we looked at Memphis, I remember it It was kind of a, you know, um, kind of a scary moment because there were none in Memphis at that time. You know, two and a half hours up the road in Nashville, there were several, but none in Memphis. So we thought on the, on the one hand, OK, it's a little scary. We're going to be the first ones to get our feet wet. But then on the other hand, you know, it, it's cutting edge and you're setting a tr you're following a trend that, that seems to be moving across the country and and benefiting clinics. So it was it was exciting, but a little a little scary, too, at the same time. Yes. If this podcast can reach other nurse practitioners, even in this local area that are considering doing this, I think it's a great idea overall for any population of people because you can just spend more time with people and you can actually get to the root cause of their problems. And if you can't figure out something on one visit, you can have them come back the next day. It's just so flexible. Well, and the big thing is your freedom. What patients and people, your listeners will know this, but your patients didn't understand that you're coming home at night. You get home around 5.15 to 5.30. You eat dinner. You might watch about 30, 45 minutes of TV with the family. And then you're charting on a computer for the next hour and a half to two hours sometimes, charting on all these people and making sure you check the right boxes for the to satisfy the insurance companies. And if you miss one, then they reject the claim. And then you have to follow back up with that again at a later date. And it just wasn't a great quality of life. Every night of the week that you work was just, you're, yes, you're at home. The family doesn't have your full attention. And our kids are very understanding with it. But it's still, it, it was just a lot of work. One thing that I really was thankful for was that you kept sending emails out over the month of February and March with examples of how DPC was a great decision for patients. And you were giving examples of how inexpensive labs could be and how inexpensive x-rays and CAT scans and MRIs could be compared to if they use their insurance. I think that helped us to get all of the patients that I needed. And I originally thought that I was going to need 600 patients because when we started DPC, I had one nurse practitioner that was still working for me. And I had convinced her that we are both going to be DPC providers and that patients could sign up either under her or under me. Now, she had only worked for me for about six months, so she wasn't familiar to people like I was because I've been here since 2007, so... Most of the patients already knew who I was. Her clientele was really slow to build up and mine was building up pretty quickly. So by April, I had about 250 
patients and she had about 50. So she was offered another job that she could not turn down. And I don't blame her uh, because it was going to be a slow process. So when she left, I inherited her 50 patients and we were still seeing patients with their insurance So we kind of did a hybrid thing between February and April 1st, but the letter that we sent out and the email that we sent out said that we were hard stopping with insurance on March 31st, and we would start nothing but direct primary care on April the 1st. So we saw a lot of patients between February and April 1st. Not only within that email did we explain how DPC works, But we also found a couple of great videos on YouTube. One was put out by NBC Nightly News that talked about this new model of DPC and how it was moving across the country. And then there was another video on YouTube that went into great detail. It was kind of a cartoon type video. But just having that NBC Nightly News video gives you instant credibility that this is is a legit thing. And that's something that I, I feel was pretty helpful to build credibility instantly with something new. People are not used to this. They've never heard of this before. So if the, if, you know, if NBC News is doing a story about it, it must be pretty legit. So I think that was real helpful. Yes. And all that probably convinced enough patients that since I didn't have the other nurse practitioner and I was back down to a solo practice again, I went down to one nurse and one part-time receptionist and one part-time office manager. So I didn't need to see 600 patients. I was actually able to make it work with 500 patients. And we got 500 patients by June the 1st. And so then we started the waiting list, which we've been able, as people have dropped off, because we have on average about five patients a month that drop off, but we have just as many, if not more, sign up on the waiting list. And so I'm really up to about 525 patients now, but that's because in the very beginning, like June and July, when we were, well, I'm sorry, in April, May, and June, everybody was texting me. Everybody was reaching out. They wanted to be seen. Maybe they wanted to make sure that I was really there. I think so. That, yeah. that I was actually going to respond to their text message yeah. or their phone call. And so that kind of calmed down a few months later. And when it calmed down, it became pretty quiet. So I was able to add some more patients and make it work. So this has been able to help to pay off a lot of debt that I've incurred over the years trying to keep the practice going. You gave yourself a raise. I was able to give myself a raise for the first time in ever in 17 uh, years. Also, not all these patients are right here in town. Uh, Many of these, you have several that are in other states, don't you? Yes, I have patients that are in college and they live in some other state because they go to a, a state, another university in a different state. Or I have patients that will move away, but they're like, but we're not leaving you. So you're still going to be our doctor. You're just going to have to telemedicine from now on. And I'm like, okay, so that's how I acquire patients that are in Idaho and Florida and South Carolina and Alabama and Arkansas. So all these patients that move everywhere, they see the value in it. And I'm so thankful because my quality of life is so much better now. I come home 
Sometimes I can leave early if I don't have, if I haven't scheduled myself an appointment past three o'clock or four o'clock, I'll go home early and then I have the rest of the day to spend with my family. There's not this pressure to like get the charting done or to make sure that I've, you know, dotted all my I's and crossed all my T's. There's just no pressure. A year ago, you would have never considered trying to start a podcast and learn something new like this. Yeah. Like what is even this all about? (laughs) (laughs) I had to YouTube to figure out how you even do a podcast. (laughs) But you have the time now to do it. I mean, Wednesday, I think Wednesday, you came home around three o'clock in the afternoon. You've never done that in the past. And 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 if I don't want to see patients till nine o'clock, I won't schedule an appointment till nine o'clock. So let's talk about what our goals are for the future. Great question. Now, Personally, my goals would be to enjoy my family more, to be able to have freedom, to spend time with grandkids, uh, to spend time with kids and just be able to come and go and do activities as I please. And perhaps maybe hire a another nurse practitioner that could also see some patients here. I don't really know what that would look like, but I think if we could have another nurse practitioner here that also was able to see patients, then I wouldn't have all these people sitting on a waiting list and we'd be able to serve the community more by offering more spots. What do you think? I think that's a good, those are good points. Let's just quickly uh, talk about how many employees do you have now counting yourself? You went from 13 down to how many now? Three. 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 Not including myself. Not including myself. So I have... I have my medical assistant that works four days a week. I have my office manager that works three days a week. And I have a receptionist that works two days a week. And so with the, with those 13 employees, you had 3,600 square feet of space. And now you've uh, reduced that down to 1,200. Yes. So I also had utilities- an esthetician. Let's not right. forget about her. So you went from 14 employees, now you're down to three, four, counting yourself. Your utilities are much lower, your rent is uh, greatly reduced, and your quality of life is so much better. You're paying off debt, you've got to raise. So those are great goals that that you've achieved. And looking ahead, if you were to bring in another provider with the 1,200 square feet space that you have now, do you feel you could, is there enough, are there enough exam rooms for you to could work the same day or would you have to alternate days? I think we would definitely have to be able to access each other's schedule so that we don't overlap our appointments because there is only one exam room now. There's only one office. There's only one lab. So, um, And your employees are much happier now. The employees that you have left are much happier. Yes, Maybe my next employee could just be remote and just do telemedicine and the patients pay a lesser amount each month because she just does telemedicine appointments. I don't know. It's a future. It's a future plan. I might not do any of that. (laughs) It might just be me and that's it. And on the side, Oh, I didn't mention that I do have a little side hustle where I do Botox every once in a while, but not very often. I would say maybe three patients a week come in for Botox, but it's a little extra money that comes in. So that's nice. But we don't really need it because the 500 plus patients that we have on DPC is 
definitely paying our bills. And you're right. I've been able to reduce all of these expenses and that has been wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing our personal journey with me. And hopefully we maybe help somebody else that is looking to do the same thing. Well, and I think too, um, we've talked about this before. If if any of your listeners uh, are looking at this new model and, you know, they want to see a copy of that letter that we mailed out or mailed out or things of that nature, we're happy to share that information with them just so that maybe we could create a resource uh, tab on in the website and you could put some of this, these materials on there just so they can go there and print them off. Um, I can I can make the letter to where we can take out the, the clinic's name and they can just insert their the name of their clinic into that letter uh, and use that. So something to think about. Thank you so much for joining us today on the DPCNP. We hope you found our conversation insightful and informational. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing to our podcast so that you do not miss an update. And don't forget to leave us a review. Your feedback means the world to us and it helps others discover our show. We love hearing from our listeners. Feel free to connect on our social media, share your thoughts, your suggestions, and even topic ideas for future episodes. As we wrap up today, We are so grateful that you chose to spend a part of your life with us. Until next time, take care. This is Amanda Price signing off. See you on the next episode.